You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. In today's show, you're going to be hearing from the Prospectors and Developers Association of Canada President, Felix Lee. This is a conference that I have been attending since 2017, when I, about a year after I first got really interested in mining stock investing, and it's one of my favorite conferences, the biggest worldwide mining conference, but this year it has gone virtual. There's a link in the show notes to learn more. You're also going to be hearing from Felix today as to why you might consider attending, and it's been a great opportunity opportunity for me in past years to really meet fellow investors, meet management, meet people in the industry. You just get a really good sense and vibe of how well the industry is or isn't doing if it's a bear market. And so it's one of my favorite conferences. So Felix, thanks for coming on the show today to tell us about it. Well, thank you for having me. Right. First question. Uh, We've experienced a lot of changes in the last year since the last PDAC. That, in fact, was the last in-person conference that I went to because after that, all the conferences in the mining sector that I usually attend went to virtual. Um, What are some of the changes that you see happening due to the COVID pandemic in the last year affecting the mining sector that are going to remain and are for, for our good? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, really good question. So, um, you know, you, you just mentioned that, uh, that the last PDAC convention was, was kind of, it was in person. And then shortly after that, uh, all of us got hit, um, you know, rather quickly uh, with COVID-19 and, uh, and the various uh, travel restrictions, et cetera, uh, that uh, that we, you know, we eventually have to deal with and are still dealing with. Uh, so, um, you know, that's something that uh, as an industry, we continue to, uh, to, 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 to try and work around. Um, when we were hit with the travel restrictions, uh, many of our member companies uh, had, to, had, to, had to really respond um, by trying really to, 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 you know, see what could be done to continue with exploration programs, continue with, uh, with the development of their projects. Uh, you know, the travel restrictions meant that um, it was very difficult to access uh, projects. Uh, it was very difficult to access mine sites uh, to continue work. Uh, and there was always, of course, the concern about uh, the possibility of spreading COVID-19 to areas uh, which were not really equipped to handle uh, an outbreak. Um, but, you know, as an industry, uh, we're used to working in remote areas. We're used to working in, typically in areas that do not have the infrastructure uh, or the logistical support um, that we otherwise take for granted, you know, in the big city. Uh, and so our industry, you know, quite rapidly adapted. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, many of our member companies uh, were quite instrumental in uh, helping uh, sort of remote communities, northern communities, uh, the, the communities in which many of our members work uh, with, uh, with dealing with, um, you know, COVID-19. Uh, so, you know, just um, to, to give you an anecdote, uh, the company that I, I run, uh, Wilson Metals, uh, you know, we work in northern Manitoba uh, and we became very aware quite quickly that um, the community up in northern Manitoba uh, were having uh, a great deal of trouble sourcing supplies, uh, you know, supplies such as baby diapers uh, and baby formula. Uh, and we worked with a group here in Toronto to actually help them uh, source those supplies. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, I, and I've heard many, uh, many other mineral exploration companies uh, getting involved with doing that. So, 
um, you know, as an industry that's used to working uh, in places where, you know, logistical support is few and far between, um, we actually did play a role in helping some of the remote communities uh, actually uh, overcome and, and adapt to COVID-19. What are some of the greatest opportunities that you see for advancement within the mining sector this year? Uh, really good question. So, um, you know, as we continue to deal with COVID-19 uh, and the pandemic, um, obviously uh, the rollout of the vaccines uh, that we're now uh, seeing, um, I think, uh, you know, presents the opportunity for, you know, for us as an industry, uh, as well as for other industry sectors to return to some kind of normalcy. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see how that goes. Uh, you know, if, if we can return to some kind of normalcy, uh, certainly uh, the ability to access uh, project sites, uh, the, the ability to, uh, to, to, to engage with, uh, with uh, northern communities, indigenous communities, et cetera, uh, that sort of thing becomes a lot easier. Um, so, you know, really kind of for me personally, uh, you know, what I think is the big opportunity is, is the promise of, of what the vaccine uh, the vaccines might might hold for our industry sector. Uh, certainly with the uncertainty uh, as a result of the pandemic, we've seen some metal prices, uh, particularly in precious metal prices, um, you know, reached all-time highs, uh, as well as we've seen uh, the price of uh, copper in particular also reach, uh, reach uh, a high. Uh, so, you know, if there's a chance for us as an industry to kind of resume or get back to um, you know, the, the, the business of exploring for minerals and metals uh, and, uh, and mining them, um, you know, the high metal prices certainly, I think, uh, bodes well for our, for, for our industry. Last year, a huge risk um, and monkey wrench that was thrown at the industry was COVID, as we've discussed. Nobody could have foresaw that, I don't think. But with the risk that you can project, possible known risks, what do you see as a known risk that could greatly impact the mining sector this year? Well, you know, without kind of uh, sounding like a broken record and, and constantly talking about COVID-19, I, I think probably, you know, the biggest risk uh, is the resurgence of COVID-19. And, and, and we're seeing that right now. Um, and, uh, you know, how we as an industry um, uh, adapt to that, uh, you know, again, it's, it's just it, it is presenting problems. Um, you know, the ability to access sites, uh, the ability to engage with local communities. Uh, and of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the concern uh, with, with spreading, uh, inadvertently spreading COVID-19 to those areas which are, are ill-equipped to handle an outbreak. Uh, so these continue to be um, concerns. And, and obviously, uh, the resurgence of COVID-19, uh, the appearance of COVID-19 variants um, you know, is, is a big concern uh, and is something that's kind of hanging over our industry uh, as well as other industry sectors, to be honest with you. Felix, you're speaking mostly to private investors, uh, listeners of this show. So for from the investment perspective, where might be some good opportunities, whether it's geographic or a commodity or a type of investment uh, equity that you might point out to my audience, please? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, that's a crystal ball. I really wish I had. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that all it takes is a discovery to spark the imagination of investors uh, and see a particular project, a particular company stop price, a particular commodity just take off. Uh, so, um, 
you know, I, I, I think the best way really to kind of, uh, uh, you know, unearth, um, you know, a hidden opportunity um, or, you know, um, you know, what's, what's coming up next really is to, is to just kind of do your research uh, as an investor, uh, research the companies, research the, 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 uh, the, the, the various plays that are out there, uh, you know, research the, uh, the ge geographical uh, opportunities. Um, as well as, as, you know, just keep your eye on, on what people are saying with respect to, to commodity outlook. Uh, and, and, you know, with that said, um, you know, one of the best ways to do that, to kind of keep your, your, your finger on the pulse of the industry, uh, and where things, uh, you know, appear to be, um, you know, emerging, uh, plays, uh, or emerging commodities really is, is to attend an event such as PDAC 2021. Right. And let's talk about that. Why would they want to attend? It's virtual this year. And I have to confess, I, I am disappointed it's not in person. I understand why it can't be. But it's, you know, my first uh, impression is, oh, it's, it's not going to live up to what it was in person because it's so great. So what's your appeal to me and my listeners uh, to come? Well, Bill, you, you started off uh, in your introduction talking about uh, your first exposure to uh, the PDAC convention. Um, and, you know, the convention is being a great place to meet people, to network, to find out what, you know, what the industry is doing, uh, to get a sense of how well the industry is doing or not doing, uh, as you said. And, and PDAC 2021, even though we're going virtual, is not going to be any, any different. Uh, so pretty much everything that you've come to know uh, you know, for the PDAC uh, convention will be replicated um, in the virtual environment. Uh, so there'll be a chance to meet people, to network, to, to, to listen in or attend uh, fantastic presentations on capital markets, uh, sustainability, uh, indigenous uh, issues, um, and, and just, you know, meet companies that are out there uh, doing the exploration um, and, uh, and, and looking for things. So it's all going to be there. Um, nothing's really changed. And, and uh, you know, as I'm very fond of saying, um, <clears throat> I first attended the PDAC convention back in the 1980s. So I go, go a little further back than, than you do. Uh, but, you know, the history of the convention has been quite extraordinary. Uh, it started off as a very small event uh, in the King Edward Hotel in Toronto back in 1932. Uh, and it kind of grew. It outgrew the King Edward Hotel. So it moved to the Royal York Hotel. Uh, and then it outgrew the Royal York Hotel. And in the 90s, moved to the uh, Metro Toronto Convention Centre. Uh, and uh, initially, when that move took place, uh, the event took up uh, half of the North Building at the Convention Centre. Uh, and then eventually expanded to take up the entire North Building. Uh, and then we outgrew the North Building, moved to the South Building. Uh, and eventually now we've essentially taken over the entire convention center. So I view the, uh, the shift to the virtual space really as just the next step in the evolution of the PDAC convention. Uh, and what we're creating or what's been created for PDAC 2021 uh, I think it's safe to say will be a fixture for all future PDAC conventions. There will continue to be a, a virtual component going forward. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's uh, it's the next step in the evolution of this event. Um, we're all excited about it within PDAC. Uh, I hope all of the attendees uh, really are excited, as, as, as excited as we are as well. And, and um, you, you know, you're, you're saying basically history in the making.
one of my favorite things about the uh, convention was walking the exhibition hall and talking to all of the companies and just feeling the buzz. So in a virtual environment, because you're talking more to uh, retail investors with my audience, will they be able to go in a virtual exhibition hall and basically wait in line to talk to management? How does that work? Uh, there will be a virtual exhibition hall. Uh, there will be basically the virtual trade show, the virtual investors exchange. Um, you know, one of the, you know, as the PDC convention grew, um, you know, one of the complaints I, I always would hear is that the event is too big. Uh, it's really hard to find people. Um, and, uh, you know, when when the event is spread out across, um, you know, the, the entire expanse of the, the Metro Toronto Convention Centre, it, it really is kind of hard to meet people. You're kind of running around uh, all the time. You spend, you know, more time walking around than you actually do uh, meeting and talking with people. What the virtual event or the virtual format does allow us to do is uh, you can meet with people instantaneously. Um, you know, if there are individuals that, uh, that, that, you know, you've scheduled a meeting with, um, you can meet them in instantly, uh, and then you go from one meeting straight to the next. Uh, in addition, um, the virtual format, uh, allows us to, uh, matchmake. Uh, so, um, based on interest. Yeah. So it based on interest, based on, um, you know, people that perhaps you're looking to meet. Um, you will automatically be presented with uh, suggestions as to people who share the same interests or people that, uh, you know, you should talk to based on, uh, you know, based on, on what you're looking for. Uh, you know, uh, you're looking to, to find out more about projects in Africa and you will be introduced to individuals that are uh, working in Africa, exploring in Africa and so on. So in some ways, the virtual format makes it easier to meet people than the in-person event. Okay. No, that's a great clarification. Thank you for that. You've been listening to the PDAC president, Felix Lee. I encourage you to click on the link below. Go check out what the conference has to offer. You can see it in writing in more detail by clicking on the link. Felix, thanks for coming on the show today and providing an overview. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. 
the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.